The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Excuse me. Big Sills is in the middle of something here. By the way, happy football Friday to you here on the National Football Show. Hang on for a sec. Um, Jalen Rieger, just a favor. Please pretend you care on Sunday. Thank you. Big sales. <laughs> Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly, baby. Just pretend you care on Sunday. And you can check that out over on at Dan Cilio Show. Muhammad. I just I just text um or tweeted, excuse me, Jalen and said, do me a favor, pretend you care Sunday. It's all I care about. Just pretend. Oh, and this just in too. Gino Steakhouse is now officially following Big Sills on Twitter. They must be listening. Thank you very much to everybody over at Gino's. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. When I'm in Philly, I will definitely stop there to get myself some grub because, you know, hey, Big Sills ain't a half a sandwich kind of guy. It is a football Friday. A lot of stuff. And as I say to you guys all the time, our resident insider, Jason Cole, Pro Football Hall of Fame voter, will be with us. We'll get his thoughts on the latest on Deshaun Watson. By the way, he had conversations today with Tony Busby. And Jason had conversations with the attorney for the women that have filed charges against Deshaun Watson. So we'll get what Jason Cole's thoughts are. That'll be at the top of the 5 o'clock hour Eastern time. So he is all over this for fan-sided on the latest on Deshaun Watson. And is it a reality that he could potentially land in Philadelphia? I said this yesterday. There's four teams that I believe that are in the sweepstakes to get to Sean Watson. They are in order. The, in, in order now. They are the Dolphins. Panthers came out, and Matt Rule said, we are not looking at anybody else. Now, how much of that do you really buy into? And I'm going to tell you why there is an issue there with that, and it's being played out in Miami. Denver is obviously another team, especially after what we saw last night with Teddy Bridgewater. 
And then, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Carolina has to come out. You see the mess that's being made by the Miami Dolphins right now in Miami? I mean, look at the stuff that's going around to attack of Viola right now. Constantly have to reassuring the team, let alone the media, let alone the community, that they're entrenched in one guy to attack of Viola. And you know it's not true because the owner of the Dolphins, Stephen Ross, has come out and basically said so. He made it very clear that he wanted to have that quarterback as a quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. So you think that Chris Greer is not just going to go out, the general manager, and not try to pursue that for the owner who wants that quarterback. By the way, the owner of the Eagles wants that quarterback. Gary Cobb said that yesterday, right here on the program. He also said that Deshaun Watson never at any time said he would not play in Philadelphia. That was fake news that was put out there by whom, whoever. Maybe it was another team. Maybe it was another agent because you're trying to funnel him to get down to Miami if you're the Dolphins. So all these media people go back and forth protecting their own turf, you know. You know, Armando Salguero down in South Florida or if it's somebody else in Denver or Philadelphia, it doesn't really matter, okay? Comes up with the fact that every one of these teams are going to be in the pursuit of Deshaun Watson. And right now with these cases pending, you would have to say this. Look, every one of these teams that have the equity and the assets to make a deal should be in the conversation with Nick Casario, the general manager of the Texans. You know, it's funny. I see people on my Twitter page. I thought the Dolphins deal was done. Dude, are you under some impression that you think that there's only one team that's after this guy? He's 25 years of age. He is one of the most pursued potential deals in NFL history because the money is so big. Justin, appreciate you coming aboard. I think that Miami and Watson are trying to lowball Houston when other teams, yeah, absolutely. Justin, the more teams that are out there on the market, you know, your market value is not as high. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to throw as much shade on this thing. You know, you want to say this, look, Hey, man, this guy's got a lot of pending cases. You know, we really don't know how this is going to go over with the league. If you're the Dolphins, publicly, you're saying that stuff. We love our guy here. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to frighten other teams on making a call to the general manager of the Texans, and you're trying to get this guy as cheap as you can. The worst thing that can happen is that his case gets resolved, and then we're talking three ones and more. Joey B, appreciate it. Ken, thank you. Happy Football Friday to everybody that's coming around. Here, let me, let, let me start this off. And I want to go off script just a little bit before we get back on with the Eagles. Eagles and Raiders this weekend. A lot of other NFL teams. Football Friday here. I mean, there are some significant games. Lamar Jackson's got another tough opponent in Joe Burrow this weekend. I cannot wait to see that. That's going to be a heck... Russell Wilson, is he out of Seattle after this year? So let, we'll get to that. But I got to say something about Ben Simmons, and I want to say this. So now Ben Simmons and Rich Paul, his agent, are floating out mental health. And I guess something about a shoulder injury or something that he's not ready and he doesn't feel comfortable, right? Whatever the excuse is. Here, and I'm not one to ever do this. You will never, ever get me to do this question another athlete's injuries or mental health. But with Ben Simmons, I do. Why is he the only athlete 
that I have ever in my 30 years questioned his mental toughness when it comes to just being an athlete. Dude, people that struggle with depression, you throw shade on them. But then again, that's a guy who doesn't give a crap about that stuff. He doesn't give a crap about his teammates. Why should he care about anybody struggling with depression? Why would he care? He wouldn't care. He doesn't care about that. He doesn't care that if he is diminishing people who truly have depression and struggle with it. He doesn't care about that because he's looking for a life preserver and an excuse. Back injury, Muhammad, I don't believe it. I don't believe he struggles from mental health. I don't believe he struggles from all this. I think he struggles from indecisiveness. I think he struggles from being a kid. The first thing you go to, there's two things that people go to, race and mental health nowadays. Those are like your get-out-of-jail-free cards. Because what does it do? If you start talking race, people pump the brakes because they're afraid to engage in it. And if you bring up depression, they pump the brakes because they can't question it publicly. And in a place like Philadelphia, you have to go that extreme to stop the media from kicking your ass. There's nobody in the media in Philadelphia that believes he's struggling from mental health. Muhammad, probably. Probably. But again, you know what that line is, Muhammad, that you used? I think he's still a kid. He has a man's body, okay, and a child's mind. And he still functions in that world. When you start making that kind of money and expectations are on you to be a franchise guy and you start saying these things, one, you'll never get it back that you'll be a leader on a team. Who in their right mind after this stuff here? By the way, James Harden and what James Harden did in Houston, I'll never call James Harden a leader. This guy cried his way out and ate his way out of Houston because he didn't like the batting ball in Houston. Okay, instead of doing things behind the scenes and getting things done and being a professional about it, which none of these NBA guys have, he decided to be public with his behavior, and he acted up so bad, get this, the Rockets had to move his ass. Who wants that guy in their locker room? Joel Embiid is right. Dude, I'm a man. I don't sit around babysitting other men. Dead on with this. I don't believe Ben Simmons in any way whatsoever with his depression or his imaginary injury. I don't believe it. I think he's an excuse machine. The reason I want out is because Doc and Joel Embiid talked bad about my performance in the playoffs. How about this? The most important thing on the planet. Did they lie? Did they lie? Did they make something up about the way you handled yourself in the postseason? Who? Hey, correct me if I'm wrong. Who was the number one seed in the Eastern Conference last year? Who, who was the number one seed? Just, just, just help me out on that. And you get bounced? And then when someone says you didn't play well and you're making franchise money 
And the crap, hey, man, you know what they used to do to Jordan his first eight years in the league? You know what they said to him? Hey, great, great shooter. Guy's a scoring champ. He'll never win the big one because he doesn't know how to win. It's just what it is. Jordan's never going to. They basically talk the same trash on Jordan that today they talk on Russell Westbrook. When, when I hear people talking about Russell Westbrook, selfish guy, compile stats, never really the guy. He'll never be the guy. Russell Westbrook faces the same criticism that Michael Jordan faced when Michael Jordan was in Chicago when he had all those guys in there before they got Scottie Pippen. Look, I like Doug Collins. He was a heck of a – Doug Collins was a heck of a coach. Heck of a coach. And that's why Jordan wanted him in Washington when Jordan came back in his final stint in the NBA. He wanted Doug Collins because he loved Doug Collins. Phil Jackson was the one, though, that showed him the way. Because Phil knew how to manage all the plates. Hey, did Doc screw up? So what's he do? Of course Doc screwed up because he should have known that he had a child dressed as a man in a uniform in Ben Simmons with the Sixers. He should have known that. That's bad coaching on Doc. You got to know which guys you can kick and which guys you have to kiss. That's what makes truly great coaches. Jimmy Johnson, okay, kissing Michael Irvin, okay, or kissing Troy Aikman and kicking Michael Irvin. There's a way of managing and coaching, guys. Doc screwed that up. He did. The organization, too. But if you are Ben Simmons, you should have took that criticism and said, they're right. Now, all of a sudden, you know, he's engaged with his teammates, and, you know, now they just want him. Yeah, because you know why his talent is so great? They're going to win regular season games with Simmons. He's one of the top defenders in the game. I'm not dissing on the way he plays defensively. Not at all. He's one of the top guys in the league. But, dude, you're one of the worst teammates in the league. You and Kyrie Irvin. I mean, would you really want those two dudes on your team? So, again, I, I see this stuff out there, mental health. and Come on, dog. You disrespect people that truly have depression. All right. You know, it's funny. Krause Jr. and I were talking about something. And I want to throw this at you here as we get ready for Eagles and Raiders. Let me say this to you here. Have you seen any difference in the offense and how the offense is constructed from Doug Peterson and the way he called plays last year to what you're seeing right now with Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts? Is there any difference between the combination of Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, and Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni? Has there been any difference, in your opinion, in the way that they're attacking an opposing football team. I'm talking fundamentally. How they go out, put the huddle together, how they have their scheme set up, is it the same scenario? Joey B says Peterson knew how to run the ball more effectively. It's funny, Krause Jr. said the same exact thing. Justin says, no, looks the same. Justin, I'm agreeing with both of you. I think Doug did know that there was the importance of running the ball. And, Justin, I do think it looks a lot like last year's offense. 
Nigel says it looks the same. Then tell me why you fired Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson and replaced them with Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni to do the same stuff with lesser players. Why would you do that if it wasn't a fundamental thing going on between the GM and the coach? The GM and the coach are setting the style of offense they want with the personnel that they draft and with the coaches that they select. My point to you guys is this. No matter who the next head coach is, no matter who the next quarterback is, until that fundamental changes from Howie Roseman and the owner, it doesn't matter who's in Philadelphia. And that includes Deshaun Watson. Here, if Deshaun Watson lands in Philly, Nick Sirianni will not be the head coach of the Eagles. And Sirianni knows that. He will not be because it gives then Roseman and the owner the autonomy to come in and parachute in and go, we got to get the best offensive-minded coach for this guy. And Nick was great and all, but it's just not going to fit. We're going to put a guy in the room like the head coach is going to be like uh, Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator in Carolina. That, to me, makes the most sense. Let's go get Joe Brady, the OC, in Carolina, make him the new head coach. He throws the ball to Sean exactly the same way as Joe Burrow does in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow was his guy, obviously, at LSU when they had great success. And Joe Brady's going to be a hot commodity out there when it comes to being a head coach. Smile says Watson wants a black head coach. That is crystal clear. A black head coach? I would tell him to shut his face. He should want the best head coach. Dude, I don't care what the color of the skin of the coach is. Are you the best coach for me? Are you the guy that's going to put me in a position to win? Sorry, we don't go here with politically correctness. We hire the best guy available on our show. I don't care what color that is. I don't care if you like it or not. I'm not saying you smile. I'm just saying I, I don't give a crap about that stuff. What we need, Dude, I'm looking for the best guy possible. You know where I learned this lesson from? Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians hires the best. Oh, and by the way, it just so happens that both his coordinators are black. You think that's by design? No. He hires the best people. That's why Bruce has a diverse. You know, you know what's crazy? And I, I've texted Bruce about this. Buccaneer head coach, Bruce Arians. It's funny. I go, he goes, you know, people think that I'm doing something revolutionary with my coaching staff. You know what's funny? I just interviewed these people, and it fell the way it did. And I'm like, isn't that weird? You're doing the right thing. And people think, wow, you're doing something creative and revolutionary. He's just doing the right thing. Just do the right thing. Hire the right guys. Women. Hire the right people. And you're going to be called a revolutionary. That's why I tell you all the time. People keep telling me this. Silly, really controversial. No, I tell the truth. Robert says, sources say Joel and Beat today asked 76er co-star Ben Simmons the question, why do you want to trade? Simmons responded that 
he isn't feeling mentally himself and needs time to get right. Dude, it's it's like you're in preschool when you hear those comments. It's it's seriously, man, it's like you're in junior high school. That kind of conversation is going on inside the organization with teammates in a 76er locker room. I know high schools that have more character than that. That's got to aggravate Joel Embiid. Man. Damn it. You're talking like that? Be Lizzo, man. I, I, I hear you. Joey B, you need a quarterback, by the way, in Denver. Jimmy Johnson knew how to delegate. Yeah, absolutely. So does Bruce Arians. I told you the story yesterday. Okay? Bruce Arians, you know, I mean, he doesn't even go to his offensive meetings during the week as they prepare for a particular team this weekend. Like the Bears this weekend, he's never sat in any of the offensive meetings this week as, they got, as they're getting ready for the Bears. Isn't that great? If you're a position coach, you don't have to worry about the head coach over your shoulder inside your meeting hurting your autonomy with your own players. It empowers the coaches when the head coach isn't constantly over everyone's shoulder. Do you know what the general manager and the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles do? They strip these coaches of their power in their own locker room with so much influence over the team. Dude, I don't mind you having influence over who becomes an eagle. I do mind you uh, being an influence when I'm putting a game plan together. I'm trying to hire uh, assistant coaches, and I'm trying to construct a game plan for Sunday. I mind. To me, I think you're over your rails when you're doing that. Okay? Kevin's right. A coach should just be a head coach. Should just be a game manager. Deal with the timeouts. Going in the half. And dealing with it at end of ball games. Dude, man, I mean it. Here, let me get back to the point I was making. So why in the world did the GM and the owner get rid of Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson? Look at what you replaced them with. A lesser quarterback and a lesser coach. And do you know what they want Eagle fans and everybody around the NFL to believe? You have to have blind faith that these two guys are going to turn it around. Really? What would make me believe that? You haven't drafted anybody in the last three years that was a pro bowler. The GM has three first-round picks in the top ten. So what? Get this, man. I hear everybody, and I see everybody that writes, hey, man, you know, we got three first-rounders. Are you confident that guy's going to put the right people on the team? Are you really that confident? That that guy will do that. No way. Absolutely no way. B. Lisley, bingo. He, we always laughed at Jerry Michael Manning and his coaches. And now look, after the parade, we did the same thing. It's embarrassing. You're right. You're doing the same thing. Their ego, the GM and the owner of the Eagles, they, they're still on a, get this. They're still on a Philadelphia Eagle Super Bowl parade. They're still going around town on the parade boats. 
They're still waving to the crowd. Unfortunately, the crowd has diminished because they're looking for what's next. They're still taking victory laps for the Super Bowl. They are. And they're being blinded by what's in front of them. They allowed a coach and a quarterback they gave a contract extension to not to continue to develop because they got in the way. Hey, as far as I'm concerned, Doug Peterson, from what I'm seeing right now, that the offense is the same as it was the last two years, Doug was told to run the ball. I mean, get this. I guarantee you that the general manager and the owner had a problem that Doug ran the ball as much as he did last year, and that's also one of the reasons why they fired him. Is because they want less running of the ball and more throwing of the ball because that's the only way they see that they're going to compete against Dallas with Dak Prescott. You, you see it now as crystal clear. Same offensive system. Krause Jr. and I were just basically talking about this. Nothing's changed except this. You put lesser dudes in. Some would go like this. Well, you know, Wentz, Dan, he sucked last year. Once his quarterback rating right now is 102.3. He's actually playing better as of late. This guy was coming off injury in the offseason. Wentz is playing better. Oh, yeah. And I, I make sure I watch him every week. Every game I've seen over the last three weeks, Carson Wentz is getting better. He's relying more on his running attack, Jonathan Taylor. They're actually starting to win some games. They're in every game now that they're playing. I don't know what that means towards the end of the season. He's got to prove to everybody in the culture organization that they don't need to go after a quarterback, too, because what you don't want to become is Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0. You don't want to become that. And he's on the verge of that with one more injury, in my opinion. All right. I'll tell you how this thing plays out between Eagles and Raiders. The latest on Deshaun Watson Dolphins right now have made a mess of everything for the 2002 season. The Browns, by the way, Baker Mayfield last night, I don't know. <laughs> Browns look the same to me. We'll hit on all that. You keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. 
John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. So I watched the non-Baker Mayfield Browns last night. You know what I came to the conclusion of? They got to win against the Broncos. Um, Yeah, I don't see any difference between Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum. Know this about Baker in Cleveland, okay? Here, figure this out about Baker. He's not the reason they're losing games and critical games. But he's also not the reason that they're winning the giant games. It's the running backs. The reason they win big games is because they run people over. And their running attack is, in my opinion, with the best O-line in National Football League, and they have a lights-out defense. He's not the reason they win. Case Kingdom basically did the same thing. And... I, you know, I, I, I don't see any difference. And I, I, I was kind of kidding with Krause about another guy I was going to make this reference to, but Baker Mayfield is like a garnish. You're not sure what to do with it. You can eat it. It's not going to ruin the steak or anything. It's kind of there for decoration. That's what Mayfield is in so many ways in Cleveland. He's not going to do anything spectacular. He's not going to do anything to hurt you because they put the clamps on him. Kevin Stefanski and that coaching staff, you saw it a couple weeks ago. They were down five, third and ten. They ran the ball. They'd rather give the opposing team the opportunity to try to score again and hoping that they screw up to give Baker Mayfield the ability to screw up. That's not a franchise quarterback. And by the way, I could do this with Case Keenum and get the same result as Baker Mayfield. You want to know why? Didn't Case Keenum a couple years ago win 12 ball games? Here, here, here's what the economic thing is to this. It's not going to cost you $200 million to keep Case Keenum in that role 
so that you could build the rest of your football team and pay the guys around them. That, that's how you built the New England Patriots, and that's also how you built the Seattle Seahawks. By the way, this is what how he's trying to do. He's trying to get a quarterback on a second-round contract so that he could build the rest of the team, not having to pay the big money that Dallas and some of these other teams are going to pay. And they know, look at what it's done already to Kansas City. Kansas City doesn't look like the same ball team. You know why? We just paid a guy $535 million. You've already restructured the contract in January so you can get Orlando Brown. You're constantly redoing your quarterback's deal so that you could try to save positions on your roster. You know how easy that is when you've got a quarterback on a rookie contract? That's why you don't want to spend. Look at what's happened to Seattle. There's no legion of boom up there anymore. That defense gets run on. D.K. Metcalf is their only skilled guy that they can afford in that Seattle offense now because they pay Wilson so much. When they had Wilson on those dumb contracts, they were able to keep the O-line together. They were able to build that great defense. I mean, Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman and all of those guys, guys, those people cost money, man. Then your special teams. Seattle, in my opinion, you got Geno Smith. That's exactly what that football team's going to look like because I don't think Russell Wilson's going to stick around because the same historical letdown is going on in Seattle that went on in New England. And what I mean by that is Pete's not putting more talent back in the cabinet again. That thing has run its course. Why would Wilson stay? I wouldn't. Not when you see how movable athletes are today. Why would you stay? You know, one thing LeBron James has done, and he's done it for especially all of his NBA guys, being a mobile athlete now is not as publicly frowned upon as it used to be. Kevin Durant's made moves now. Tom Brady's made moves. Brady's made it more fashionable now to be able to move around, and that's why you're seeing people like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson kicking these organizations in the side going, well, if you don't really improve the team, I'm going to do what Brady did. They've taken a cue from LeBron. He knew that they were never going to be able to attract the free agents that he needed to attract in Cleveland. He didn't leave Cleveland because he hated Cleveland. He left Cleveland because he knew the other NBA players hated Cleveland. What Giannis is doing in Milwaukee is remarkable. But do you truly think you're going to get superstar players to want to go and play in Milwaukee? Think again. I'd rather play with the Clippers than play with the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay? It's, it's just a way of life for me. If I'm an NBA guy, standard of living has to be. Why do you think J.J. Watt, Went to Arizona. Well, his girlfriend or his wife, whatever it is, the soccer stuff, I know that all ties in. But it's quality of life, man. You're playing on grass. You're outside. The weather's better than where you are in Houston. You know what I mean? It's just the quality of life. Some of these guys want quality of life. In Milwaukee, in the wintertime, ain't quality of life. Why do you think Kareem left? Why do you think they have not had a championship until this last year? Prior to that, it was in the early 70s. LeBron left Cleveland 
because he knew the Laker brand was going to attract AD. Anthony Davis is not going to go to Milwaukee. He'll go to L.A., though. Russell Wilson will go home back to Los Angeles. Same thing with Paul George and all these guys. Okay, you're going to go to L.A., but I'm not going to Portland. That's why people want Damian Lillard out of Portland. Dude, you're a great player. Nobody's going to Portland. Rose Garden's a great place. Nobody cares about Portland, Oregon. Nobody cares. I'm not going there. <laughs> There's only a few places. And, you know, people go, well, you know, you could be an NBA star today, and it doesn't really matter what city. You're it's true. But if you want to win and you want a quality of life, there's very few places that you're going to play. You really think you're going to get a free agent to go and play in Milwaukee? Okay, right, whatever. Whatever, quality of life. Quality of life. All right. So let me get back here with, with again, where we are with the Eagles here to get ready for the Raiders this weekend. Raiders come into this ball game at four and two. Derek Carr's been playing some really damn good football. They're starting to run the ball a lot more too. This is what the Raiders are going to do to the Eagles. They're going to run the ball. They're going to punch the Eagles in the face. They're going to make them stop the run. And then Derek Carr's going to take that tight end and go up the seam and challenge those linebackers. And it's going to be standard operating procedure. Derek Carr is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league, and he'll have a field day on those linebackers and secondary guys with the Eagles. And if they get any movement up front, I'm talking the Raiders and running the ball, game's a blowout going on the road. And then I'm going to bury the lead. I think it's 30-20. 30-20 Raiders. It'll kind of be close because Jalen will keep it kind of close. But here's what the Raiders coaches are already knowing. They're a one-dimensional offense. Their play calling and their schematics. We, 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 we did the open of the show just to tell you. So Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson versus Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni. I'm sorry, I'm seeing the same movie played over. It's like a rerun of the same series. Same thing. Every time. It's the same stuff. Limited amount of running attack, try to hit a tight end, bubble screens, RPOs. Tell me I'm – tell me, it becomes so predictable. Watch this. First and second down. Here's a standard series when it comes to the trends of how the Eagles run the ball or how they go through a particular series. Get the ball. Negative yards on the first play. Third and 11 or uh, uh, first and second and 11, get three yards on a screen. Now you're third and eight, right out of the gate, you're third and eight. Guy hops one to a receiver because he does the out pattern. You notice that he's using the sidelines, and the coaches are using the sidelines as a protector for Jalen. Most of his passes are not over the middle. Have you noticed? They're to the sidelines. I charted him. 75% of his throws are to the sidelines. He's doing that schematically because he's afraid he's going to throw a pick six. I'm talking to coach. This football team is a ballet routine. It's three and out. One, two, three, kick. One, two, three, kick. One, two, three, kick. 
And when you do that, you've lost field position already, about nine yards, already in the first series. You kick the ball, they get the ball on the 38. You've already lost field position on the first series with a guy like Derek Carr on the road. So instead of starting them off on the 30, they're starting near the 42 or 43-yard line. They've won field position on the first series because you can't move the sticks on the first series. What did we see Brady do? 10 plays, 75 yards on the first series. Dude, that's a backbreaker. That's a backbreaker. Hey, Ewing, how you doing, brother? Formerly known as JoJo. Hey, man, it's, am, I, am I right when I'm saying it's? I see the same stuff? Krause Jr.'s right. So you fired Doug Peterson, who won a Super Bowl, and got rid of Wentz. I didn't know you guys didn't like Wentz, but he's playing well. I know that kills you, but Wentz is playing well. I mean, he's on pace for 4,300 yards, 102 quarterback rating. 68% completion percentage. I don't know, man. That's pretty good, man. You're around 70 a completion, a completion percentage. 330 completions, 515 attempts. You're doing well, man. Now, there's a point right there that Gary Cobb yesterday mentioned. Kevin, I get it, man. He let everybody down. He cried and he whined and he wasn't as bad as Ben Simmons. But he cried, and Carl, I get it too. I get it. Not, I'm not defending that part of it. Kevin, here, here. I'm not defending that part of it. You're right. You got to act like a man when you're getting paid that kind of money. Shut up. I totally get what you're saying. Okay? Justin, those are top 10 quarterback numbers. Absolutely. And Kevin, his attitude pissed you off. I get it. But, dude, if you're going to replace somebody, you make sure you're doing upgrades. No fan wants to see projects. You know, people that come on here and do this, well, we got to give them time to develop. In Philly? In Philly? You're going to give somebody that line. I'm gonna, we're going to give them time to develop. No, dude. No. No. This is the pros, guys. Act like it. You develop in college. This is like going to Apple and having, back in the day, Steve Jobs goes, well, let's give him five years to develop into being a great CEO. Let's let's give him five years. You think they do that at Apple or Google? Or YouTube? Oh, yeah, you know, he'll come along in five years. Those companies, though, they hire the best people they possibly can hire to make an immediate impact on their team. Google, Amazon, all of these platforms, everything on the, on the net, Apple, too, all of them, hire the best people they can. It's funny, why, is, why do we always hear in the NFL, well, we got to give them time to develop. No, we don't. You're paying a guy $42 million not to be developed, or you're not, that, that's not what I'm doing with my money. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking a crapshoot on whether or not this guy's going to be good or not? <laughs> I don't think so. I'd rather waste the draft choice and waste the money. I can apply the money 
somewhere else in my salary cap that means more to me to sit in there worrying about a second rounder. By the way, that Jalen Hurts second round pick doesn't mean shit to me anymore. It's the fact that the money and the only reason that Jalen Hurts is starting for me right now and the only reason that Jalen Hurts is somebody that I'm considering is because he's cheap. He's cheap and functional. That's it. It's the only reason. Wentz was playing bad and was expensive. That's not a good combination in an NFL front office. They hate that. They like cheap and petty. You know what I mean? They like peppy and cheap. Those are their favorite words. They don't like to hear not performing and expensive. Those are words you don't want to hear around an owner. He's very expensive, and he's not productive. Like, look at Fletcher Cox. I'm not paying Fletcher Cox another cent next year. If I'm the owner of the Eagles, no way. Is he a good player? Yeah. Is he a guy that you want to um, build your team around? No. No. But I may get an asset for him, third rounder, fourth rounder. I could get something like that for him. Let's move his ass now. But what about the fans? I don't care about social media. I'm not going to have my organization run off of Twitter, Facebook, any of these other platforms. I'm going to run this football team the way I see it needs to be run. And schematically, you need to look at Howie and go, Howie, we, we need to change up here. So basically, get this, guys. The Eagles hate what's going on in Tennessee. I'll take that Tennessee system anytime. I'll take that Tennessee system anytime, dude. Tennessee wins ball games. They get the conference championship games. Derrick Henry puts the refrigerator on his back and then destroys dude in the perimeter. And they win games. And they run teams off the floor. You got a problem with that? Isn't that how you won the Super Bowl? You won the Super Bowl because you kicked everyone's ass on defense in their D-line and in their O-line. You ran people over. The Eagles are under, and I think the Eagle front office is under some impression that they won with aerial attack. They beat the Patriots up in that Super Bowl because they were tougher than them that day. They knocked them off the ball and get this at the end of the game. The Patriots, I said this when I went on my radio show. I thought the Patriots put the white flag up at the end of that game with about five, six minutes left in the game because they completely gassed them. What happened to that mentality? Where did that go? Got to hit on more games. The Dolphins have a mess. By the way, Jason Cole, top of the hour, he's been working on this story with Deshaun Watson, where he potentially lands. We'll catch up with Jason at the top. Back more with you here on a football Friday. We've got a bunch of stuff to hit on. Keep it right here on the National Football Show.
when it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show. Dan Salido, top of the hour. Jason Cole, fan-sided. Pro football. Hall of Fame voter. Our NFL insider. Kind of keeping track of what's going on in the latest with Sean. We'll get to that here in a minute. Look at what the Dolphins have done to their team and their season this year. Because they've mishandled the quarterback talk. By the way, I thought they did a better job of the Eagles did. And how they were making it so that status quo was going on in their organization versus the Eagles. And here, here's what I mean. Right out of the gate, Brian Flores, the head coach, and Chris Greer said, Tua Tugaviola is our guy, which kept the value up of him being a first-rounder and the starting quarterback for the Dolphins. Okay? What did Howie and the owner of the Eagles do? They came out and said there's going to be an open competition at quarterback. You automatically diminish the guy you gave all that money to by saying open quarterback competition, even if you were lying. You drafted Jalen to be a backup anyway. He would have ate that and been okay with it. Were you worried about hurting his feelings? Or were you trying to, in some way, paint Carson Wentz as the bad guy? 
and get the response that you were hoping for, and you ended up getting it, so that you could tar and feather the guy out of town. Is that how you wanted this to go? Because as soon as that season ended, the Eagles were in a campaign to make sure everyone knows that that job was not his and that they were looking to take calls to try to get him out of Philly because the owner didn't want to pay that money. Remember what I told you? What they're trying to do with Jalen right now is financial, nothing more. They want to build their football team with these three first-rounders and the cap space that they'll have next year. Do you know what they want to do? They want to try to build all of it, and they don't want to pay big money for a quarterback that's out there in the open market. Leads me to believe right now that the ownership is looking at giving Jalen even more time. Some would go like this. What do you mean? They got three first-rounders. So you want to go back to square one again next year with guys in the draft that you're really not sure? I look at these guys coming out at the quarterback class and go like this. I'm not sold. I don't see it. Not one of those quarterbacks except the kid at Alabama and a couple of those guys at Georgia are winning ball games. The rest of these guys are kind of like tripping over one another. And I don't even get this. Heisman Trophy race? How is it not somebody from Georgia or Alabama, right? I mean, this year has been one of those years where you do this. Who can, It's Georgia, Bama, and then, like, nobody else. You think anybody's going to win the national championship outside of Georgia or Alabama? Come on, man. Maybe You know what people are saying? Bama is not the team they were in the last five years. Well, I'll tell you what. There's not a better number three than them. And who knows when you've got Saban versus Smart in an SEC championship game. The only way Alabama will not play for the national title is if Georgia upsets them in the SEC championship game. I doubt they'll send a two-loss Bama team to the Final Four. It's the only way. It's the only way. So those guys that are in the draft, I'm like this. I don't know. But look at what the Dolphins have done. They've made a mess of it. Owner comes out a couple weeks ago, and he's, he's doing this, right? Comes out a couple weeks ago, and he goes, I want to get uh, Deshaun Watson in a Miami Dolphin uniform. Completely undermines anything that the front office is doing with conversations with Casario in Houston or somebody maybe else that they're dealing with on a three-team uh, trade to potentially land Watson. All of that hurts the ability when you have an owner coming out, parachuting in, and giving his two cents. How many times have you ever in your lifetime ever seen an owner and his two cents matter? It's never mattered. So those guys in the draft, you're going to put a Band-Aid on another problem. And you're going to pray that you're going to strike gold. What's happened in the NFL today, okay? What's happened in the NFL because of free agency, getting one of these star quarterbacks, Personally, I think Russell Wilson's going to be on the market. Would you bring Russell Wilson into Philly? In a minute. He's better than Dak already. Would you bring Aaron Rodgers? Absolutely. Remember, you're going to have to wine and dine these guys. You're going to have to pay them. And would the Eagles go out and pay $45 million for a guy like Wilson or Aaron Rodgers? That I debate. That I debate. Wilson's done in Seattle. If this is not showing him, get this. Geno Smith's their backup. 
Okay, I guess. I mean, hey, can you name me the best backup in the NFL right now? Don't give me foals. He's the third-team quarterback in Chicago. Andy Dalton, I guess. Okay, Andy Dalton. I mean, right? So, I mean, the Dolphins have messed this thing up so bad because now it's clearly out there. They hate the guy they have. But no, 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 I'll take that back. They don't hate him. They really like him. But they want Watson. There's actually nothing wrong with that, but it's been so publicly done. Okay? It's been so publicly done. And, and, and so now you got a quarterback that's doing this. And by the way, Tucker Viola, I don't know. He's been okay. But the Dolphins know, get this, that's not good enough. Okay. Hey, Matt Hatter, Case Keenum, sure, he won 12 games as a starter a couple of years ago. He won last night. Made it look seamless like there was no issue between Mayfield and him. Yeah, no, okay, Case Keenum. He's in that conversation. That's the best backup in the NFL. Okay. That's fair. But the Dolphins are in a dilemma now. They may be forced to give the ranch up for him, Deshaun Watson. Whereas the Eagles right now are trying to do this. Okay. That escalator kicks in next year. He starts getting paid 38 million bucks. Think about this for a second, guys. Deshaun Watson on a, I think it's five years, if I'm not mistaken, $38 million deal. On today's market value, with the cap going up next year, that's a bargain. That is a bargain. Okay? Or do I go in the draft and putt along? And think I'm smarter than I am when it comes to my picks, right? The, the general manager is not a good talent evaluator. He's just not a good talent evaluator. That's not me saying it. That's his results saying it. He thinks he is off that Super Bowl. If you can fire Doug Peterson off that Super Bowl, you can fire that dude too. Okay? The owner was convinced that it was more the guy who put the guys in the building than the guys who told him where to go and how to line up. Trying to win Super Bowls from the owner's box. Never happened. Ask Jerry Jones. All right. Jason Cole, top of the hour. We're going to hook up with him, get his latest on Watson. Has basically Baker Mayfield lost his gig. I'll get his thoughts on Raiders and Eagles as well. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. 
call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the Cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome aboard National Football Show, Dan Silly over here. Our NFL insider here on the National Football Show, Jason Cole, here in a minute, Pro Football Hall of Fame voter. As plugged in as anybody, he's been covering the league for 35 years. He will tell us the latest on Deshaun Watson. We'll give him a spin to that. Gary Cobb yesterday from Fox 29 in Philadelphia said that he had talked to people inside the Deshaun Watson camp, and it was made evident to him that Watson never said at any time that uh, he would not play in Philly. So we'll get his spin on that. We'll get the latest on that. By the way, Brady and Justin Fields this weekend, the biggest age gap between a starting quarterback and another starting quarterback in the same game in NFL history. Fields goes into game, he's 22. Brady goes into game, he's 44. 22 year difference in age between the two starting quarterbacks in that Bears and Buccaneers game. By the way, that was the game last year that the Buccaneers turned it all around and went on that iconic run to end up winning themselves a Super Bowl at Raymond James. So we'll talk with Jason here in a couple minutes. Eagles and Raiders, I said it's going to be 30-20, and I think the Raiders are going to blow their doorknobs off. And I and And somebody said over here, they go, well, Dan, the head coaching staff had the coaching staff and the head coach had 10 days to prepare. And okay. Okay, and what does that mean? It's like telling me that I'm confident that Howie Roseman's gonna take those three 
first-round draft choices in the top 10 and select quality players. Some would go, well, Dan, he got Devontae Smith right. Does he? I know some of you are going like this. Dan, are, are you blind? No. But you don't have the guy to get him the ball. He's a receiver, friends. I don't care if you have Jerry Rice out there. If you can't get Jerry Rice the ball, okay, it doesn't matter. You've got to have a guy get him the football for it to matter. Justin says 35-13 Raiders. Muhammad says, I think the Eagles will pull out a win, okay? Matt Hatter, Bill Belichick, 2-4, has lost to Miami and has wins on Jets and Giants. No doubt, man. Here, he's 9-13 since Brady left. Brady's 16-6 with a Super Bowl and an NFC championship. I don't know. Even the greatest coaches can be made to look average. And so you're expecting, like, uh, you know, Nick Sirianni to look like a Super Bowl coach when you have a quarterback who can't get the ball to his receivers like Devontae Smith? I don't know how you even put that together and plug that in. Some are saying this, this offense looks like a high school offense. Well, that's what that RPO offense will make it look like sometimes, guys. That RPO offense is a college offense. That's what the coaches in Philly think of Jalen, that he runs a high school and a college offense. That's not a pro-style offense. Pro-style offenses are, what is the number one fundamental thing that a pro-style offense has? I'm going to ask you guys this question because this is the fundamentals of pro offenses. What is the number one thing there's two things in a pro-style offense. Tell me what that is. And there's no question you don't have it in Philly. You do not have it in Philadelphia. What is it? You've got to be – under center is a great one, Matt Hatter, run game. If you don't have play action in a pro-style offense and you're not spreading people out right away, Okay, very good, John. See what John just said? Run sets up the pass because play action keeps people honest. Balanced play calling. James, nice. You're trying to do this. You want to make that opponent. When you come to the line of scrimmage, you can't have me doing this. These guys don't run the ball, man. I don't care if they run it. I'm just going to pin my ears back, get in my three-point stance, and get up the field. And if they happen to run the ball, schematically, they're not going to run more than 12 times a game. You've never seen the Eagles go like this. Let's stick with it. Or, here's more importantly, where it doesn't match the relationship. Here's where it doesn't match. Or the quarterback audibling out of it to a run. Why doesn't Jalen audible out of that stuff, put it back behind him. You know, Sirianni said that he's got autonomy to check out of plays. How many times have you seen Jalen Hurts check out of plays? I'm not sure. I, I Maybe three? I've seen him do that. Why don't you check in the runs, dude? And if you're going to go three and out, 
I'd rather have you do three and out on this. Here's what you don't want. I don't want a three and out with two incomplete passes. I'd rather have three and outs with with me at least running the ball and I'm not giving multiple possessions up because I stopped the clock on stupid passes that I'm skipping or overthrowing. Every time the Eagles do that, they stop the clock and give the other team's ability to have more possessions. All right. This Deshaun Watson case, supposedly like John McClain, who I have great respect for from the Houston Chronicle, is suggesting that this thing is in the closing hours potentially of getting done. Even with all this litigation that's out there, our resident NFL insider, our friend, Jason Cole, again, Relentless Life, man who wrote the book on John Elway. Let's get the latest here. I mean, Jace, you think before the trading deadline, I believe it's the 2nd, if I'm not mistaken, you think that Watson's moved before the 2nd of November? Uh, I would think that he's moved by them because they need to get this problem out of their locker room. Like, I think Houston's been sitting there dealing with this for far too long as it is, right? And, uh, you know, number one, it's a distraction. Number two, I think they're finding out, like, the the price is not going up, right? Like, you're, you're not seeing the market get better. So you might as well take, at this point, what you have in hand, deal with the distract, get rid of the distraction, move on. I, I think that's just how, if I'm Houston, that's how you have to approach it. Unless you're just going to sit there and ride it out for the last 10 or 11 games of the season um, and then get into March. Yeah, like, this is just going to get worse and worse to me. How about this too, Chase? I mean, I know Miami is the is the uh, preferred destination. I had Gary Cobb from Fox 29, former NFLer, on with me yesterday. Yeah. And he knows people inside the Watson camp, and he said that he – has spoken to people in that camp, and he said that Deshaun has never in any time said that he would not play in Philly, but he did say the preferred places were Carolina. Matt Rule came out and basically said that, no, we're comfortable in who we have here with Sam Darnold. We're going to build around Sam. I don't know how true that is. Miami, obviously, with assets. But here are the Eagles there with three first-rounders in the top ten. They have the equity and the assets to make this done. Us, and I, I'm not going to ask you to rub a crystal ball here, but where do you see this whole thing potentially landing? Just just give me your synopsis on where you see him landing. I see him going to Miami. That seems to be the, the strongest candidate. The team that wants him the most and wants to deal with is not afraid to deal with this. He's an electric player and, frankly, where the player ultimately prefers to go. And the player can dictate some of this, right? Um, the no trade. Already, yeah, I mean, he can make he can make this happen however he wants to happen, and if the prices are similar, then great. Now, if Philly comes in and they want to blow the doors down on it, and you know, and offer up what you're talking about, then you know that that can work as well. I would just say this: I think Howie Roseman likes the idea of having those that number of high picks, right? I mean, I think that Howie likes to play the draft game. Uh, you know, he probably prefers that to going out and getting somebody else who's somebody else's problem. Now, ultimately, that's Jeff Lurie's decision, but Howie still holds pretty strong sway with Jeff. Um, and so I would say that 
I would lean towards the Dolphins being the ones who get this done. That seems to be where this thing's headed. Yeah, but I would say to you, Jace, look at the last three years of how he's drafted. He hasn't drafted a pro bowler at all. I mean, and the team has disintegrated. No, 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 no. Don't mistake this. I didn't say he was good at drafting. (laughs) Okay. I said he likes to draft. Okay, you have to you have to understand somebody's tendencies. It's like being at a poker table or just playing against somebody. What do they like to do? He likes to play the draft game, which is move around. You know, you've seen how many times he's traded in, traded out, traded up, moved around, you know, moved picks. He likes that. It reminds him of his childhood when he used to collect football cards. And I'm not mocking that. Okay. That's just who he is, right? Like understand the human being and what he likes. People prefers to play the draft. Let's go over here now. Um, you know, the email scandal that's coming out now, Jeff Pass, the general counsel for the National Football League, and Bruce Allen, I guess over a 1,000 emails that were there. Now Congress is involved when it, and they'd like to know a little more on the investigation. Here, here, Jace, just not even about John Gruden here. Why would the NFL reopen a scab by releasing these John Gruden emails when nobody was even talking about the Washington um, investigation at all until these John Gruden emails, doesn't it seem to you that it they've just opened something up that didn't need to be opened up? I mean, nobody was talking about it now. But, but, everybody's but, demanding answers. I, I, okay, but I got a question for you. Did the NFL release these? Do you know that definitively? I do not. Okay, I don't know it either definitively. I have no idea who released this. I know that they were part of they're part of litigation that's going on between Bruce Allen and and, and the Redskins, right? So or Washington football team, whatever you call them. Um, I know that there's a lot of people who probably have possession of these emails, okay? Not just the NFL and the Washington football team, um, but lawyers in and around this whole thing. So it's like Gene Upshaw used to say um, when people would call, you know, would call up and say, "Well, I got the, I got this," and and they said, "Are you upset that it that this leaked out?" And he would sit there and goes, "Look, as soon as somebody makes a decision on something, there are like thirteen people who know about it in the NFL because there are thirteen people who have to know about it." And, and I'm not just talking about in the league office, but in the NFL as a general purpose, right? You talk about the teams, the coaches, the executives, the, the heart, you know, like this stuff is not as secret as, as we like to think. So did it come from the NFL? Maybe. Did it come from Dan Snyder? Maybe. Both of them have denied it, but maybe. Did it come from some attorney representing them and they're playing some word game? Maybe. Did it come from somebody, you know, who has nothing to do with it? I don't know. So until that that's found out, I, I don't want to play this guessing game about why did the NFL release him because I don't know that that actually happened. I just I, I just have some doubts that the NFL would want this out there. And a lot of people are like, oh, Roger Goodell wanted it out there because Gruden insulted him. Come on. Do you think in Roger's no. career working in the NFL that he's been insulted worse than that? And it's, <laughs> yeah. like, do you think that some owner hasn't come up to him and lambasted him at some point in time? Do you think Jerry Jones maybe took him on a little bit on the Ezekiel Elliott thing? I mean, come on. Like, let's let's grow up and, and, and get beyond that, oh, he didn't like being called this name. Stop. These, these are bigger people who argue 
argue in much tougher situations. They argue over millions upon billions of dollars. You know, John Gruden saying something stupid is not going to trigger Roger Goodell. How about this too, Jason? I went back in my emails and I looked at 300 emails that I had correspondence with Bruce Allen. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, I mean, some of the stuff that I'm looking at and some of the playful bannering back and forth that we had, I wouldn't send them to anybody because I wouldn't want them to show up on their email because I wouldn't want to make them complicit in how Bruce talked. Is that what we're talking about here? Or is there a bigger fundamental issue that the league has to address here with all executives? Because again, I mean, look, I I love the guy. I hate the sin. Okay. If that makes sense to you about Bruce. I mean, I do. I love the guy, but I hate the sin. Um, is, Is this a bigger problem you think in the league? Look, I think that people who are executives within the National Football League should act more professionally. Okay. Now, at that same time, and I know Bruce, and I know his sense of humor, and he's sarcastic as hell, and half the time he doesn't mean what he says and all that kind of stuff, but that doesn't mean that it's not a hurtful thing to say, and it's, and it's, and it's crude and all those other things. And so it's like understanding there's a difference between a conversation and an email. An email is document. It's putting your name on, okay? Uh, and and am I as guilty in, in some respects as as John Gruden? I mean, and and Bruce Allen of sending something. I haven't looked at all my emails, but uh, my emails. But I know somewhere along the line, I've made crude jokes. Not me. And, and, uh, <laughs> Move on. <laughs> God, you had to take your glasses off for that. Holy jeez. <laughs> You know, you know what you are. You know I what do. you are. <laughs> and so do uh, you. Easy. Yeah I, yeah. I mean, look, we, we've all stepped in something along the lines. And the question is, did we look at it and we go back and go, you know, that was a really stupid thing to say. I got to stop saying that. And I've done that. But does that, you know, there are, you know, when you start insult, insulting um you know, people's looks, you know, yeah. you sexuality, know, all that other stuff. Right. Like, and, and really you know, these are people, these are people that, you know, look, you're supposed to be a leader, John. Gruden, yeah. And you're supposed to be an executive, Bruce Allen. I don't feel very sorry for them uh, on this one. I just don't. So, you know, yeah, guys should be a little bit better. And, and if they have a private joke that they want to say with somebody that they know will appreciate it, do it privately. Here, uh, two last questions here for you. Did we learn anything about what Cleveland is going to do with Baker Mayfield last night with Case Keenum? 17-14 victory. To me, I said this about Mayfield. Mayfield, to me, is like a garnish on a steak. It's just kind of there. Doesn't hurt you. Doesn't make the steak bad. It's just a garnish. I mean, that football team's success is going to be with those two backs and that offensive line. That quarterback is not going to hurt them or help them. And to me, I saw Case Keenum do the same stuff last night. He was 12 and four a couple of years ago. I don't know. Jason, I just look at Baker Mayfield and I go, I don't know. He just looks like a guy who's in the room there, but he's not going to hurt them on losing games, but he's surely not going to help them win the big games. Right. But you also know that Case Keenum is that same guy, right? So That's what I'm better- saying, but it's 200 million cheaper. All right, well, we'll just 
look, just let me finish my sentence, okay? You know, can I do that? Don't you know, I, I'm listening to you like blabber on about garnishes and stuff like garnishes. that. Garnishes. Yeah, garnishes. Like garnishes mean something in football. What are you? This is not like you know, uh, like a steak has like a piece of parsley next to it. Come on. I wouldn't um, eat the parsley anyway. I know you wouldn't eat the parsley. I know what you are. So again, um, look, I would rather gamble with Baker Mayfield than gamble with Case Keenum. So if I have a chance to keep Baker Mayfield healthy, I'll do it. Am I going to? Am I going to sit there and fold up the tent if I don't have Baker Mayfield? No. I'll keep fighting and I'll play with, with Case Keenum and we'll do the best we can. But I would rather have Baker Mayfield's possible slight upside over Case Keenum's complete mediocrity. Right? Like, that's just how I know what Case Keenum is. Just like I know what you are. And I'd rather have Baker Mayfield. Like, just, just saying. Okay, finally, this is going to uh, make me, uh, like, throw up in my, um, you know, throw up in yeah. my mask if I had one on here. But yeah. um, Coach Shaw at Stanford, the name is being thrown around potentially if Kyle Shanahan, um, they oh. decide to part ways in San Francisco because, again, this will be the third out of four years that they won't have a winning season under Kyle Shanahan here. I mean, it's got to get to a point where the 49ers go like this. Okay, well, it's just not – they're not winning because the quarterback's not healthy. Yeah, but they just took Trey Lance, and they just took Trey Lance with a – So that gives the head coach autonomy? Yeah. Like, uh, Kyle Shanahan's not going anywhere after this season. I mean, the people who think that he is, I mean, they're fooling themselves. They drafted Trey Lance with a purpose, and the owner – knew that they were drafting Trey Lance with a purpose. And the general manager knew they were drafting Trey Lance with a purpose because they made a decision that Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't good enough and that they had to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. So the person who's going to lead that charge is Kyle Shanahan. There's no question in my mind. Now, David Shaw, yes, if you're going to pick one NFL job that David Shaw might and I say might take. And I'm not saying this because I'm a Stanford grad and Stanford is all powerful and wonderful. It's all those things. Don't get me wrong. It is truly all those things. But what I will say about this is David Shaw made a sort of calculus a long time ago that you could go to the NFL and say like a five-year deal for 25 or $30 million. And there's sort of a 50-50 chance that you'll see all of the money, Right. And they won't, and that you'll make it through three years, just like we're talking about with Kyle Shanahan. Like, how many years is he going to make it? And and he's sitting there saying, I can coach the rest of my life at my alma mater and live in the place where I want to live. Only a short drive from my father, my parents. I can be at the beach every weekend in the in the off season, and where he has a house in Santa Cruz, right? And I can I can do that, and I can make three or four million dollars a year doing it. No, 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 eight. Yeah. Well, I mean, but no, but I, I understand. Look, I understand the difference. Three or four at Stanford, or I take the chance that you know I get six or five or six or seven w over that period of time, and then I'm gone. Like I think he's happy where he's at now. Anything can be bought. That's right. And like me. The, right. Yes, absolutely. We know you. 
Yeah, well, um, yes, we can easily be there. Right, right. You, yes. <laughs> so, yes. And that's the one team that he might consider. But I kind of just don't think he wants to deal with the NFL, and I don't think he really wants to deal with that life, and I don't think he wants to – I just don't think it's in his blood. I think he's sitting there going, I'm making pretty good money, and this is where I can finish my life, and I don't have to be uncomfortable. So I have the tendency to say David Shaw has been talked to enough times by enough other, uh, enough other teams that he's not going anywhere, but the 49ers would be the one place he might. It's not Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh was always looking to get to the NFL. Okay. And it's still looking to get to the NFL. You know, he never really wanted to go coach in college, but he took the money. And he didn't like the 49ers, but I don't think Shaw's like that. Okay. Well, I, I probably asked one more question than I really wanted to, because the Stanford love fest made me ill right there, but don't forget it, folks. It, it is Elway too. Elway, a relentless life. A relentless life here, too. Another Stanford dude. And well, okay, great. Wonderful. Jace, I'll see you next week, brother. I love you, man. Yeah, it's no UM. Let's just put it that way. Oh, no, 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 no. There, get this. At UM, okay, we get free sandwiches, okay? And that's all big sales. You got a you got a lot of free stuff when you were. Oh, hey, especially that. Oh no, but I was eating the free sandwiches in my free Corvette. Hey, I love you, man. I'll talk to you later. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Wait a minute. I was eating my sandwiches in my Corvette. (laughs) That's what it was. I got a lot of free sandwiches. Yeah. Okay. Free sandwiches. Oh, that's right. But I was sitting in my candy apple red Corvette. Matt Hatter, Elway was a beast, man. One of the absolute best. And there is no question about it. One of the absolute best, man. He was really just great. So he thinks Watson lands in Miami, too, because that's the preferred destination. But if you're the Texans, are you going like this? Let me send him to really a place that he wants. Man, because we really love Deshaun. You know, he's been treating us so well over the last 12 months. Hasn't it been wonderful? Why would you do that? This guy basically has turned his back on the franchise. Why would you do anything in your power to appease that dude? Well, hey, what does Deshaun want to do? Let's see if he feels good about this. Hey, Deshaun, do you want to go to Philadelphia or Denver or Miami? Which one? We'll make it happen for you. Are you under some impression of that? Why in the world would Nick Casario and... The McNairs want to do that. Why would David Cully want to do that? Because they're good guys? I mean, really, right? All right, I want to talk a little Lamar Jackson versus Joe Burrow. Congress is now going after Washington. Some really good stuff out there, man, this weekend. Week 7 of the NFL. Also in college football, there's some really great stuff. The rookie quarterbacks that I'm not impressed with so far. A little bit more on Ben Simmons and Doc Rivers. That thing was a mess, too. We'll get back to that and keep it right here on the National Football Show.
when it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at TheOceanAC.com. Welcome back. National Football Show Week 7 of the NFL and college football. I think it's Week 8. Here on a football Friday. We get these bad puppies. Tell me who this is. Tell me if you know who this is, okay? Ready? 16 catches this year. 226 yards. Last year, 23 catches, 313 yards. And the year before that, 74 catches for 1,035. Who is that? What receiver in the league are those numbers? What receiver is 316 and 226 right now with 16 catches. Get this. So this guy over going into week seven has 16 catches, 226 yards in seven games. So over 14 games, we're talking about roughly 450 yards. 
Then you get the additional three, you'll have about 800 yards. And in today's NFL, that's nothing. R. Anthony, you're right. It's Odell Beckham, and he's at 14 million. That guy has no market value. He had zero market value. Man, he was the Eli Manning. Look at what the Cleveland Browns have done to that, to that trade. Smile, Beckham Jr. And he's a four, he's still involved in that $93 million deal the Giants cut. Okay, because remember, the Browns traded for him. So 74 yards. So let me see this here. In three years, 74, 33, and 16. He's got 123 catches in two and a half years. $14 million. Don't send him my way. By the way, here, if I were Howie Roseman, I'd go like this. You'll have to eat 90% of that contract, and I'll give you a seventh rounder for him. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. If you eat the majority of that contract for Odell Beckham, and I bring him to Philly, or I bring him to Green Bay, this is what I would do. Because Cleveland's going to have to eat that money. Nobody's going to pick that up with that. They're in such a bind with this Beckham deal. November 2nd is the trading deadline. Sure, I think some teams would like to trade for Beckham. Not at that price. So what the Browns are going to have to do, they're either going to have to take on a guy like Fletcher Cox and a pick, and you balance that money out. You know what I mean? You're going to have to balance that money out somehow. Uh, hey, Beckham in Philly would be a train wreck. Same way it was in Cleveland. Beckham has to go to a place like Tampa, Green Bay, Seattle. Yeah, but not now because Russell Wilson's hurt. Los Angeles. Maybe Raiders. Place where there's a quarterback that can get him the. He is showing you how important it is that you have to have a signal caller because if you don't have the guy, look at Jarvis Landry's numbers over the last couple of years too with Baker Mayfield. Why do you think that Sean McVay graded up at the quarterback position because of the inconsistencies of Jared Goff was on display every single weekend. One week he's 21 to 25 and he's throwing BBs. The next week he's 20 to 45 and he's got three interceptions. Right? He's got three interceptions. So when when you look at Beckham, his market value, you know, I guess it's the hair, the one-handed catch, his, his ability. But, dude, man, I have never in my life seen a guy fall off the face of the map like he has. Nobody goes from New York to Cleveland, too. Nobody. When you're a player like that, you don't go to Cleveland. You go to L.A. with the Rams or the Raiders or the Niners or Chicago or with a, high, a high-end a high quarterback like Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. You go to places like that. Not keeping Fletcher Cox. Lou wants to keep Fletcher Cox. Lou, keep Fletcher Cox. My defensive tackle is not going to be my highest-paid guy on my team. 
That ain't happening ever. Okay? That ain't ever happening. Make my defensive lineman a higher a higher paid guy than my quarterback, my wide receivers, my running back, and they have no impact on the game whatsoever. Zero. There is no impact that Aaron Donald has on his team winning a Super Bowl or not. None. I told you this the other day. There's only one guy in the NFL that has impact on his team that doesn't throw the ball. It's Derrick Henry. He's the only guy. That guy carries the ball and wins games. He carries his teams to wins. A defender doesn't carry their teams to win. What did J.J. Watt ever win in Houston? What did Aaron Donald ever win in Los Angeles? An NFC title? Congratulations to you, man. It's quite an accomplishment. Okay? But they made a trade for Matthew Stafford. They needed to get somebody in the building that was better than the quarterback they had. Hey, and how many times have you seen that Rams defense run on this year? They got destroyed earlier in the year. Was that by the Chargers, too? They just destroyed them. Matt Hatter says he's a beast. He is. I'm telling you, he's got to be in the conversation for the most valuable player. I don't know how he's not in the conversation. Get, get this, guys. I would say this to you. Watching, watching a guy like Derrick Henry run, it's like watching Ray Lewis at running back. Carl says, what did Watson win in Houston? Well, what did Stafford win in Detroit? You knew he was good, though. Just had a shitty organization around him. Now he's 5-1. and one. Good team, good coach. There's support systems around him. We're talking quarterback versus D lineman. There's a difference here. Stafford goes from one of the worst-run organizations. Hey, Ari Anthony says, J.J. won the Walter Payton Award. Wonderful. Great accomplishment. It is. But once again, off the field kind of thing we're talking here. Okay. You could say that cornerback T. Diggs on the Cowboys. Absolutely, Paul. Paul, he – but see, cornerbacks – are a dime a dozen are not a dime a dozen either. They don't grow on trees. Though that's a that's a premium position. That's why, if you think about it, that's why really the New England Patriots played Stefan Gilmore a couple of years ago, that salary and that contract that he's currently under now, now in Carolina. There's no question about it. Save here are the premium positions that I would pay for on my roster. Quarterback, cornerback. Left tackle. That's it. Got to protect the blind side of my quarterback. My quarterback's got to have a premium arm, and I've got to have corners that can play. Those are the three pre- premium spots. The re- and I would want to have a premium center. When you have a great center, you have usually and traditionally a great old line. You know, one of the differences and the Raiders this year has been the fact that they got that center. Excuse me. It's Arizona got the center, I believe, from the Raiders. And that's been one of the differences in Arizona. It's solidified that offensive line. Okay? So, those guys there, no question. Those are the spots that I'm paying for. And see, 
you've got the general manager drafting in the first round. So you got so am I right? Tell me if I'm wrong here. So the general manager of the Eagles in the last two of the last three drafts has drafted wideouts. Am I right when I say that? Okay. Fletcher Cox isn't even signed for 2023 and 2024, and the Eagles have signing bonus money at $14 million, $7 million slotted. Wow. That's a lot of money, man, for a guy that doesn't put up numbers anymore. Okay, that's a lot of money. That comes up most of the time on the defensive slot and on the defensive sheet, empty numbers. He, that guy is a $2 million a year defensive tackle. Okay? At best, the kid next to him is better. I do believe that in the past, happy offenses with athletic receivers and tight ends, that a solid LB is critical for teams. Look at Bobby Wagner, Darius Leonard, Levante David. Those are premium players. Those are premium players. You're right. Those are premium players when you have a good front four and you have good corners on the on the perimeter. When you have really great linebackers, and you today, I'll tell you the difference. From my time to today, there is no doubt that the linebacker position is so much more athletic. The guys today at the linebacker position can do it all, man. They can run. They can play the run. They can play the pass. They cover tight ends. They're not 265 pounds. You know, they're not those kind of guys any longer. You know, they're guys that are more in the style of Derrick Brooks, but a little bigger. I mean, guys like Ray Lewis are 255 pounds. You don't really see those guys at that position anymore. You've got to be a guy who can cover people coming out of the backfield. You've got to sometimes, and most notably, when you've got a guy like Lamar Jackson that's on the field, Dude, you've got to sit there and you've got to defend a guy who can get out in the perimeter and is as shifty as a running back, and you've got to defend that. You're not doing that with LeVon Kirkland back in the day. Remember him from the Steelers? 265, you're not doing that anymore. The Eagle linebackers are slow. They're always catching and chasing. Two things you never want to see a linebacker do, catch and chase, and that's all they do in the game because the D-line's getting knocked off their – off the ball, which affects the scrape lane for the linebackers going sideline to sideline. And before you know it, think about it for a minute. Follow me here. So when your D-line gets knocked off the ball a yard, okay, they're already a half a yard off the ball. So you're now a yard and a half off the ball. Your linebacker scrape lane gets pushed back an extra yard. Before you know it, you're helping the offense you're playing against get a three-and-a-half-yard start on you, and you've got to try to stop the run and keep it under 3-9? That's an impossible task. Follow me again, okay? Here's the problem with the defense. Instead of being a penetrating defense with the Eagles, these guys are catching because they don't know what's being asked by this kid Gannon. So they're playing off the ball. They're already a half a yard. They're getting knocked off the ball because they're slow. That's a yard and a half. Now the linebackers have to back up a half a yard. There's two yards. 
So before you even get going here, you're talking three and a half yards in the middle there. That's right, Mad Hatter. Now it's second and six. And all I have to keep doing is doing the same stuff to the Eagle defense. And the Eagle defense is because they're in the position they are because they're learning a new scheme. So just think of that. Three and a half. Okay. It's third and three. Short yardage situation. You can't lose when you're in the NFL third and three. You can't. Look at where the Eagles start. Third and 11. Third and 10. Third and eight. 65% of your playbook gets cut out at third downs like that. Watch this. The numbers go in reverse. Dude, when you're third and two or you're third and three, 80% of your playbook, and that makes it a nightmare as a defender because then you have to think about all the plays that they have and the things that they've done trending and coming into the game and all the tendencies they have. Out of a short set or out of a short field, your mind is going and you're just looking at your wrist here with a couple of plays that they have, I love the fact that defensive guys are wearing them too. What do they like to do with third and three? Power eye. Okay. They like to hit the two gap. Okay. Let's see if we could do something. That, that's, that's why that Eagle defense looks the way it does, man. Getting knocked off the ball. Chasing and catching. Fundamentally, absolutely abysmal when you do that. All right. I want to take a look at some of the college games. I'll give you my final predictions on also Eagles and Raiders. Um, the, the rookie quarterbacks, too. No question about it. Some of these guys are struggling. We'll do that all next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Metson Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the Cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. 
so good it just disappears. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show Big Silvers. Do not forget our post-game coverage here on Jacob Media on Sunday following the Raiders and Eagle game. We'll have wall-to-wall coverage for you, too, here on the Jacob Media channel, too. So that'll be a very interesting game. A lot of eyeballs will be on that game, too, because they people want to see, obviously, I think two things. They want to see how the Raiders respond after John Gruden and the whole nightmare that's going on there in the front office. And I do think people want to see how Jalen's playing. You know what, too? I do think people really like the kid and they're pulling for him. I know Krause Jr. and I, we say this all the time. Man, I want to root for the kid. I really like the guy. We root for good. He and I root for good people, okay? I completely root against toolboxes. I root for good folks. I do. Okay? And you really like the kid. You like him. You want him to be a star. But then you do this. Hey, man, this just ain't happening. If it's the coach. And by the way, I throw him under the bus as well, too. I think fans today, especially in cities like Boston, Chicago, Philly, um, New Orleans, Denver, places that have these great fan bases. I don't think, th- I, you know, it's always you get, call- you, you get called being a hater. No. Because you do this in the end. I don't give a shit who's quarterbacking. I want the team to win, dude. Whether it's Carson Wentz or whether it's Jalen Hurts, I'm not falling in love with these guys. I'm in love with the team. The team is community pride, not the player. Now, some players make it like that, like Zach Ertz. Okay? Some players enjoy playing in particular communities. Those are the ones that we have a hard time divorcing from. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. Okay? Right? Rightfully so. So I'm good with that. Now, hey, I'm going to get to a little more here. Justin says, Eagles will trade one of the three picks for future picks. Jesus, cry mini, Justin. So, Jason Cole's right. Carl says, Howie will draft someone with a good motor and bad knees. Jesus, cry mini, guys. Jason Cole said it. And I never thought about it until Krause Jr., and the folks at Jacob posted it. 
how he likes to draft picks because you know why? It puts him on center stage. It makes him a star. It gives him the visibility that he wants. And his problem is he wants to be a visible GM when most of the good GMs are not visible. You know, I told you this story about Kevin Colbert. You know what? Jason Cole's right. He basically called out Howie Roseman for what he is. Howie loves the fact that he's going to be a star on draft night. He, Because you know why? There's no winning and losing on draft night. Takes a couple years to figure out if these guys are good or bad. That's right. Howie loves the visibility of drafting. So he's going to want to be, and the Eagles are going to want to be in front of the TV along with the owner. And this is why probably the GM gives the owner an opportunity to make a pick because they're having fun in games with your team. That's what they've done. They're having fun with you. Because the right thing to do here is this stuff. Watch this. I'm trading all three away, and I'm calling Nick Casario up tonight, and I'm doing this. Here, here's three ones. You want anybody else on my team? Okay. You want anybody else? Pick a guy. I don't care who's – anybody on my roster is open. Maybe the kid Malata is not. Oh, hey, by the way, if you want Jordan Malata, one of them first-rounders comes back to me then. Because if we drop Jordan Malata in the draft, he'd be a top three pick. Okay? Instead of the seventh rounder that fell into the Eagles' lap. If you put Jordan Malata in the draft today, he's in the top three. So you ain't getting him for free. You're, you're not getting him. That ain't happening. Or you're giving me one of my first rounders back. So you give me Jordan Malata in two ones? I don't know. For Deshaun, boy, I don't know. You may have to pick up some of that money, too, on his contract then. You think that highly of Malata? I do. Because if I'm going to go surfing for a quarterback, I need a left tackle, dude. Birdman, what if you got to send Devontae? Devontae Smith for Deshaun Watson in two ones? I'm sorry, but that's a steal. That's a steal, dude. You can draft these dudes any day. Wide receivers. Look at the guys Brady won with. Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, and Amendola. Those are your Super Bowl quarterbacks during the Brady era. Remember, Randy Moss doesn't count because he didn't win. He never won a Super Bowl. It was Deion Branches of the world, Troy Browns. Them dudes, right? Can you name me the quarterbacks that um, have had really great wideouts going into a Super Bowl? Okay, Kurt Warner. Yeah, Joe Horn and them dudes. Okay, but think about Cam Newton for a minute. Ted Ginn Jr., and then who was on that team? 15 that went to the Super Bowl in San Francisco, right? Dev said Watson won't come here. He said, no, he did not. That's a lie. Gary Cobb confirmed that yesterday right here on the program. You can go back and listen to the interview with Gary Cobb. Cobb spoke to people 
in Deshaun Watson's camp, and he said he'd prefer to play in Miami or Carolina. Carolina came out here and said today, Matt Rule, the head coach of the Panthers, came out and basically said, we're happy with where we're going. We've got to improve the team. By the way, this just in, too. Um, Christian McCaffrey cannot be counted on. They need another running back in Carolina. They think they can run him in between the tackles. That's not going to cut it. Okay? That is just not going to cut it. He's got to be able to rely on somebody that can move the sticks. McCaffrey is phenomenal. They They need more help, in my opinion. Okay? Matt Hatter, thank you so much, dude. How about this, man? Two quarterbacks that were drafted in this past NFL draft. Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. I'm sorry. You took those two guys inside the top five. Weren't they two and three? Wow. Really? Okay, two and three. Those two guys were your number two and number three draft choices. Zach Wilson with the Jets who looks like a turnover machine. Trey Lance, who looks like he's so far ready to play. And he looks overwhelmed at times in the huddle. Those two guys in that franchise, this is why I threw this out there. I'll tell you what, man. If Kyle Shanahan gets fired in San Francisco, I'd love to have him. Hey, Birdman, thank you, brother. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Those two dudes are not getting it done. Hey, by the way, Zach Wilson, would you take Zach Wilson over Jalen Hurts? I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so. I'm just going to tell you how and what I think this tells you what I think of Jalen. Would you take Trey Lance over Jalen? Maybe. But it would only be because of the potential not for what I'm seeing right now. And I would have to lean on my guys who are evaluating him. But as for Zach Wilson, I saw this guy against Coastal Carolina, against Utah. He couldn't beat those teams. I'm, like, I'm thinking now he's, he's going to beat Josh Allen in the AFC East in Buffalo? No way. Absolutely no way. I'd keep Hurts over Zach Wilson. I don't... Jalen's on pace right now for like 4,000 passing yards. I don't know. It's just not good. Baker Mayfield, just not good enough when you're taking on people like Joe Burrow or you're taking on people like uh, Lamar Jackson. Think of this for a minute. This game this weekend between these two guys, Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson, this is going to be potentially, in my opinion, one day an AFC championship game. I love what Joe Burrow is doing. Get this, too. Remember what people were saying to him when he came out of LSU? Joe, man, you should do everything in your power to make sure that you don't stay here in Cincinnati. Why? He's turning Cincinnati into a winner now. you got Cincinnati trending up. And you got Pittsburgh trending down because Pittsburgh hasn't done the due diligence in replacing a guy like Ben Roethlisberger. Cincinnati has convinced him. They went out and they got Jamar Chase from LSU. 
They gave Joe Mixon a contract extension. They're drafting O-linemen. They're building around him because they see that this guy here is a franchise quarterback, and he is. I love this guy. There is a Brady quality about him. Hardworking. Comes off that knee injury. Wanted to be in the opener. Was in the opener. This guy's coming off of a knee injury of a year ago. You would never know it. And then you've got Lamar on the other side. Every freaking week. Do you know what Krause Jr. and I do? Every single Monday. You know what we do? Sills. What do you make of Lamar? I'm like, hey, man, I'm with you, man. The more and more I watch that kid play, the more and more I do this. Man, I think I got to start my football team with that guy. The way he pounds the ground, that's going to be I'm, – I'm, I'm, I'm circling that game. I am. I'm circling that game, and I'm watching that game because I think that game is going to be a pretty significant football game this weekend. And it's going to tell us a lot really about a little bit with both teams. By the way, some college games. I think this Oklahoma-Iowa State game will be pretty intriguing. Iowa State is always great at home. Cyclones have had a disappointing season, but they can play. LSU all Miss. What happens to Coach Ogeron? I'd love to see Coach O win out and stick it in everyone's ass. How about this Ohio State-Indiana game? Indiana, very disappointing season. Ohio State continuing to roll. My opinion, one of the better teams. Hey, 30-20. I think the Raiders win this game on Sunday. I believe we're going to be doing probably the post-post-game show on Sunday, so we'll be doing that. Don't forget, on Monday, we'll be back 4-6. to six. Have a great football weekend, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.